The Yankees head to Los Angeles, and Casey Stengel makes an appearance. It's episode six of Baseball 61. There it is. There it is. If it stays fair, there it is, number 60. How about that? A standing ovation for Roger Maris, who got number 60. Fastball hits deep to right. It's Hello, everyone, and welcome to Baseball 61, a podcast about the historic 1961 New York Yankees and the Major League Baseball season of 1961. This is Episode 6. I'm Dan Lavallo. We start with Friday, May 5th. The Yankees making their first trip to Los Angeles to play the L.A. Angels in Wrigley Field. 17,801 fans turn out to watch in the park that has a capacity of 20,500. Among the spectators seated in a box seat by the Angels' dugout, former Yankees manager Casey Stengel. Tough game, Mickey Mantle's 16-game hitting streak comes to an end, but the Yankees manage to rally, trailing 4-3 in the ninth inning. Roger Maris gets on base, and Cleet Boyer, batting 200, Slugs a two-run homer off of Tex Clevenger. Remember that name. And the Yankees hold on to beat the Angels 5-4. Remember, this is a ballpark that played host to that TV program, Home Run Derby, which, among other episodes, pitted Mantle against Willie Mays. And according to reports, Mantle put on quite a show of power during batting practice before this game. But on this night, what he did during BP did not carry over into the game. Boyer's homer made a winner out of Danny McDevitt, while Luis Sorroyo got the save, pitching a scoreless ninth inning in the two-hour and 57-minute game. The Yankees in the process improving to 13-5 and and remaining in a first-place tie with the Tigers. Saturday, May 6th, in front of the largest crowd to watch an L.A. Angels home game, 19,865, the Angels beat the Yankees 5-3. to John Drebinger of the New York Times reported the crowd was roaring throughout the two-hour and 15-minute game. In the Yankees' 20th game of the season, Roger Maris slugged his third home run of the year and the 100th of his career. In this bandbox of a ballpark, and it was small, the home run hit by Maris was legit. He belted it over the wall near the 412-foot mark in dead center. And for the second straight game, Mickey Mantle went hitless. It was the Angels who put on the power show, however. Leon Wagner belted two home runs, and 5-foot-5-inch Albie Pearson added a home run. Eli Gerba, whom the Yankees lost to the Angels in the expansion draft, hurled a complete game to notch the win against his ex-team as the Yankees dropped to 13-6, one game behind the Tigers. The Yankees actually had Gerba on the ropes in the first inning. What's the old line? If you're going to get to a starter, do it in the first inning. Gerba on the ropes. A run in, runners at the corners, nobody out. Gerba retired Mantle on a bounce out to the mound. Walked Yogi Berra intentionally, bases loaded, struck out Bill Scourin and got Cleet Boyer to pop out to third. Meanwhile, the other big story of the day was the Kentucky Derby. 
Carrie Beck with jockey Johnny Sellers on board came from 11 back to win the 87th Kentucky Derby. 75,000 fans at Churchill Downs watched the $163,000 event along with a national television audience. Sunday, May 7th. Could the expansion Angels win the series against the Yankees? 19,772 fans, almost a packed house at Wrigley Field, and the game was televised back to New York on WPIX Channel 11. The day game brought out its share of celebrities, including entertainer and a part owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates, perhaps you heard of him, Bing Crosby and his wife Catherine. Phil Rizzuto, broadcasting the game on radio, made sure to point out that Bing and his wife were in attendance. Sunday's game was almost a carbon copy. Remember carbon copies? Anyway, it was almost a copy of Saturday's. The Yankees lost by the same score, 5-3. to three. For the second straight game, Leon Wagner and Albie Pearson homered, as did rookie Gene Leake. The Yankees actually showed some life. They were trailing 3 nothing in the 7th. Catcher Johnny Blanchard slugged a solo homer. And moments later, with Bobby Richardson on base, Yogi Berra, who was scheduled to start the game but was scratched because of a sore neck, well, Yogi belted a two-run pinch-hit homer to tie the game. Uh, Both homers, by the way, came off eventual winning pitcher Ron Klein. The Angels broke the tie in the bottom of the seventh on a runoff reliever Jim Coates, an RBI double by Wagner, and they added another runoff Luis Arroyo in the eighth inning on Leak's homer. Meanwhile, Mantle went hitless again in the two-hour and 40-minute game and finished 0 for 11 in the series. Word was also spreading the Yankees and Angels were talking trade with New York attempting to bring back Bob Serve, the outfielder they lost in the expansion draft. Rookie outfielder Leroy Thomas, one of the players the Yankees would be willing to give up. By the reported holdup in the, but the reported holdup in the deal was Ryan Duran. Angels were interested in Duran, but the Yankees were hesitant to give up the hard-throwing reliever who had tossed two scoreless innings in the Saturday night game. So the standings after Sunday's games in the American League, the Yankees stood at 13-7 and in second place, two and a half games behind the Tigers. Baltimore, Minnesota, and Cleveland were tied at 11-10, five games back. In the National League, San Francisco, with a 14-7 and record, was in first place by two games over Cincinnati and two and a half games over Pittsburgh and the Dodgers. Monday, May 8th. The Yankees were off en route to Kansas City for a two-game series, but that did not stop them from making that trade with the Angels. The Yankees acquired serve, pitcher Tex Clevenger, and sent Thomas Duran and rookie pitcher Johnny James to L.A. The Yanks will also send the Angels a player to be named. The deal was made just as the Yankees were landing in Kansas City, so think about that. Those players who had made the trip with the Yanks from Los Angeles to KC had to turn around and head back to Kansas City. Yankees general manager Roy Hamey stayed behind in Los Angeles to complete the transaction. Here's what manager Ralph Houck said about the deal. Quote, serve gives us that solid right-handed punch we've so sorely needed. Clevenger, I would rate as an experienced workmanlike reliever who can go in there and do a good job for you. He certainly has stopped us a number of times. 
Served, by the way, who batted 304 for the Yankees in 1956, had been slowed with a pulled muscle and batted 158 in 18 games with the Angels. The Yankees were not the only New York baseball team making news on this Monday, May 8th. At a big media event at the Savoy Hilton Hotel, the owners of New York's new National League Expansion Club made it official. The team would be nicknamed the Mets. 644 names were offered, and the Mets won out over 10 names fans were asked to pick from. So they whittled the list from 644 down to 10. The other names on the list beside the Mets, Continentals, Burrows, Skyliners, Skyscrapers, Bees, Rebels, NYBS, Avengers, and Jets. Other suggestions were also offered, including Empires and Islanders. The chairman of the board for the New York club listed numerous reasons why Mets would be a great nickname, including headline writers would love it, and it had historical significance because there was a New York team in the 19th century named Metropolitans, sometimes referred to as the Mets. Yeah, the headline writers would love it. Uh, You know, amazing Mets works. The amazing Burroughs? I don't think so. By the way, if you wanted your TV baseball fix on the night of Monday, May the 8th, you could get it. The Yankees weren't playing a game, but you could watch what was being advertised as a biography of a rookie on Channel 5 in New York. It was sponsored by Schaefer Beer, the old beer sponsor for the Brooklyn Dodgers. The special narrated by Mike Wallace. Yes, that Mike Wallace, 60 Minutes is calling. Well, the special was about Los Angeles Dodgers rookie Willie Davis and included Leo DeRocher, Duke Snyder, and Gil Hodges. So you could take the Dodgers out of Brooklyn and move them to Los Angeles, but there still was a lot of Dodger fans and a lot of Dodger news being broadcast in New York. Also of note, the Angels made it three straight wins with a 6-5 to five win over the Red Sox on this state, but the game featured a home run by Jackie Jensen. Now, wait a minute. Didn't we say in the last podcast that Jackie had retired? Well, after consulting with a hypnotist, Jensen had a change of heart and was back in a Red Sox uniform where he walked twice, homered, and singled in the loss to the Angels. New York was also making other sports news as the Knicks named Eddie Donovan as their new head coach. He had been a successful college coach at St. Bonaventure. He replaced Carl Braun. And in the news... Astronaut Alan B. Shepard was being honored at the White House by President Kennedy for being the first American in space. The 37-year-old Shepard had orbited the Earth the week before. Tuesday, May 9th, a chilly night in Kansas City. The Yankees taking on the athletics in front of 13,623 fans and the Yankees used home runs by Tony Gubek and Moose Scarin to build a 4-1 lead. Sounded like money in the bank, right? And that's where the score stood, 4-1 entering the bottom of the eighth inning. Whitey Ford, the Yankees' ace on the mound. Luis Sorroyo, ready and waiting in the bullpen. But in the last of the eighth, Andy Carey, a former Yankee, doubled. Then Don Larson, yes, That Don Larson, he of the World Series perfect game for the Yankees. As a pinch hitter, 
and he delivered Carey with a single to cut the Yankees' lead to 4-2. Dick Hauser, who would someday play, coach, and manage the Yankees, then was hit by a pitch to put two men on base and sent Ford to the showers in favor of Arroyo. Well, Louis didn't come through. Jerry Lumpy walked to load the bases, up stepped another former Yankee, Hank Bauer, who promptly tied the score with a two-run single. Yet another former Yankee, Norm Seaburn, walked to load the bases, and after Haywood Sullivan lined out for the first out of the inning, Bill Tuttle's slow dribbler to short resulted in only one out at first base, and the go-ahead run scored. Reliever Jim Archer retired the Yankees in the ninth, and the Athletics dealt the Yankees a heartbreaking 5-4 defeat, New York's third straight loss. Making matters worse, Mantle's slump continued. He didn't get a hit in the two-hour and 22-minute ball game and was now mired in an 0-for-16 slump. The Yankees were also 13-8 and in second place but three games behind the first-place Tigers. So you hear a lot about, well, the Kansas City Athletics. They might have been in the major leagues, but they were really the Yankees' other farm club because they were always making trades with Kansas City and seemed to get the better end of the deal. After all, isn't that where Roger Maris came from, Kansas City? And that was just one of many players. But in this case, the former Yankees came back, on this night anyway, to beat the Yankees. But also, on this Tuesday, May 9th, 1961, in Minnesota, the Baltimore Orioles' Jim Gentile became the fourth player in baseball history to slug two grand slams in a game. And he did it in consecutive innings as the Orioles pounded the Twins 13-5. Gentile slugged a bases-loaded home run in the first and repeated the feat in the second inning. I mean, back-to-back innings, the first and second innings of the game. As the six foot four inch, 215 pound lefty hitter joined Tony Lazari of the Yankees and Jim Tabor and Rudy York of the Red Sox as hitters to slug two grand slams in one game. Meanwhile, in Chicago, Herb Score, who once was knocked out of a game by the Yankees' Gil McDougald when he took a line drive off of his face, pitching for the Indians, hurled a complete game win for the White Sox against his former club as Chicago beat the Indians 4-2 in another two-hour and 22-minute ball game. Meanwhile, New York Times beat writer John Drebinger did a sidebar story on traveling with the Yankees. The gist of the story was this, how difficult the players had it traveling with clubs now on the West Coast, the long road trips and the various time changes. Uh, gone were the days of taking trains. Flying made for a hectic schedule. Several people were quoted in the story, including Yankee manager Ralph Houck, who said, There is no denying that the sudden shifts in time are disrupting. Between that and night games, followed by an afternoon game the next day, it is impossible for a player to live a fairly regular life. When we rode trains, the change in time wasn't so noticeable. But it's pretty hard to tell a player he ought to be in bed because it's midnight when his watch still says it's only 9 or 10 o'clock. Ralph Houck. Wednesday, May 10th. This was the windup of the Yankees' 10-game road trip, which started in Washington, took them to Minnesota, then out west to Los Angeles, before wrapping up in Kansas City, and the Bombers were in need of a victory, looking to snap a three-game losing streak 
before returning home to open a four-game series against the first-place Tigers. The game started at 10 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time and would be a radio-only broadcast back to New York on WCBS 880 AM. Would the Yankees lose again? Tied 4-4 in the eighth, the Yanks looked for some life from Mantle. Cleet Boyer opened the frame with a single off of Kansas City starter Bud Daly, who would be a Yankee in less than two months. Mantle then ended an 0-for-18 slump with a single. That hit chased Daly, but Elston Howard followed with an RBI single off of Dave Wickersham. But the Yankees weren't done. Roger Maris collected a run-scoring single. Newly acquired Yankee Tex Clevenger, a pitcher, added an RBI double and Bobby Richardson, an RBI single, before Bill Kunkel, who would someday be an American League umpire, entered to record the final out. When the dust settled, Clevenger wound up with his first Yankee victory. Pitching in relief of Ralph Terry, he hurled four scoreless innings, allowed one hit and one walk in the two-hour and 32-minute game played in front of 15,986 fans. The Yankees also improved to 14-8 and and remained three games behind first-place Detroit. Off the field, the Kansas City Athletics were making news. When their general manager, Frank Lane, denied he was going to quit, to take the same position with the new Houston Expansion Club in the National League. Remember, as we mentioned in the last podcast, that position opened up during the Yankees' last homestand when Gabe Paul vacated Houston to become Cleveland's new general manager. Clubs also had to reduce their rosters to the 25-man limit after one month into the season. And the Yankees sent outfielder Jack Reed to AAA Richmond and released pitcher Ted Wyand. Reed, by the way, would have his place in Yankees lore when he helped end the longest game in innings played by the Yankees the next season in a New York victory at Detroit. Also making news was former Brooklyn Dodger and New York Giant Fred Lindstrom, who gave up his job as baseball coach at Northwestern University to become acting postmaster of Evanston, Illinois. And in the American League home run race, Mantle and Baltimore's Jim Gentile each had nine to lead the junior circuit, while Wally Moon had nine to lead the National League. All those moonshots. Thursday, May 11th. The Yankees enjoyed an off day, trying not to think about their old nemesis, Frank Larry. He would be the starting pitcher for first place Detroit when the Tigers opened a four-game series Friday night at the big ballpark in the Bronx. Also, Elston Howard was looking to catch up on some sleep on this Thursday, May 11th. Tuesday night, after the first game of that series in Kansas City, Ellie was awakened in the middle of the night by a telephone call from his dad, who said that his mother was in the hospital in St. Louis, Elston Howard's hometown. So Elston flew to St. Louis to see his mom, learned she was no longer in danger, took the short flight from St. Louis back to Kansas City Wednesday afternoon and played in the night game against the Athletics, contributing that key hit in the eighth inning uprising by the Yankees. So there you have it. As we put a lid on Episode 6, the Yankees are heading home, about to open a big series against the Tigers. That is going to do it for our latest Baseball 61 podcast Be sure to follow our podcast in the Apple Podcast Directory, Google, 
Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also visit Baseball61.com. And as always, thank you for listening. I'm Dan Lavallo.